everybody. Welcome to another episode of Books, Fights, Booze, the podcast. If you're new here, I'm Madison. Hey, everybody. My name's Alexis. Welcome back for another episode. This episode, we are starting our discussion on True Biz by Sarah Novit. We are also giving you new cocktail recipes, new dinner slash dessert recipes. Yes, and yeah, so big news though, we did close on our house finally. Yes, so we are so excited about that and to have that done and over with. It definitely feels like a big difference. (laughs) You are such an adult right now. Look at you go. I know, I can't believe we made it through, but we did. So, anyway, yeah, it that is like a big relief. So, and then we started doing, like, a couple renovations. I don't know if you saw my Instagram. Like, we redid our half bath. And, yeah, so now we're kind of starting to. The bathroom looks absolutely amazing. I don't remember where I was, but I was, I think I was literally at the bar with some people. And you posted it. And I was like, oh, my God, guys, look at my friend's (laughs) bathroom. And I was, like, showing them the pictures of it. But it looks so good. We're going to start redoing like little by little, but that was just like the first step that I really wanted to redo. So anyway, what has been going on with you the last couple of weeks? Um, well, I took a trip out to Phoenix, Arizona. Some of my Oh my friends- gosh. Love seeing your pictures. It was so amazing. Uh, some of my friends just moved out there, so I figured I'd go take a trip and go see them you know um they're renting an airbnb right now and then they're looking for an apartment so i was trying to get out there before their airbnb was up but we went hiking uh, we went to sedona and hiked up a mountain which i have to say it was supposed to be just like a short little two mile hike which was i mean two miles is long don't get me wrong but there were no signs anywhere we ended up hiking around for like five miles it was so long it was beautiful though like it was well worth it but by the end of it my legs were shaking I was so tired that's amazing though we've been talking about how we want to go to Arizona I've never been so that's cool beautiful I mean it was hot like it was 105 degrees while we were out there so it was burning hot but it wasn't like here because here I feel like it's a wet hot it's very humid it like sticks to you but out there it was it felt like it was our 80 degrees you know yeah So it was not bad, but it was really beautiful. Phoenix was really cool. As you go into like the suburbs, it was just like desert and mountains. It was really, really cool. That's awesome. So Alexis, what are you drinking this week? So this week I wanted to do something fancy. So I used the Bon Appetit website and I made a little daiquiri. So I'm just going to read exactly what I did from their website. But I took a martini glass. And on the side in a cocktail shaker, I combined sugar, rum, lime juice, and simple syrup. And you stir until the sugar dissolves, takes about 20 seconds. Then I filled a shaker with ice. You cover it and you shake it until the outside of the shaker was very cold, about 20 seconds. Then place a large ice cube into the glass, strain the cocktail through a strainer into the glass. You can take a lime if you want to garnish it and just like do a little peel off of the lime and do some of the skin. Um, Honestly, I used like a little potato peeler because I didn't have anything else. So I (laughs) I peeled a little bit of the lime all over it and garnished it. And it was actually really delicious. 
That sounds really good. Yeah, if you go to Bon Appetit's website, it's called Daiquiri Up Rocks, and it has a 4.8 out of 5 stars. It was really, really good. Okay, nice. I like that. Yeah, what are you drinking today? So I'm going, like, the summery route since, like, the book that we're reading. You can't really relate cocktails to it because they're, like, underage children. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going with a mango, a frozen mango margarita. I actually got the base of this recipe off TikTok. It is a bag of frozen mango chunks, a whole lime squeeze so just the lime juice i have like this cute little juicer that logan's mom got us and i love using it so much for like fresh lime fresh lemon juice any of that anyway six ounces of tequila doesn't really matter what tequila you use just whatever your favorite is and then some agave syrup i also like to do my rim and like some tahine spices to like really get the flavor yeah and then you just put all of that into a blender blend it up you don't need to add extra ice if you do the frozen mango chunks um or it'll be a little too thick I learned that the hard way on memorial day (laughs) but yeah and then pour it in your margarita glass and you're good to go it's like perfect for by the pool and even if you do make it like a little too thick it will melt pretty quickly so there you go yum you know walmart is doing like dollar margarita glasses like the plastic ones that have the big rims on the bottom and they go from yeah they're a dollar at walmart right now so uh run don't walk so now we're gonna jump into our discussion on true biz and always at the beginning we like to kind of introduce you to the characters and give you kind of a rundown of who everybody is we are actually pulling the description from the author's instagram so she actually put up these description of the characters and I don't think there's anybody else better to describe them. If you want to look at it on your own Instagrams, it's uh, back from April the 7th. So if you want to find it um, in our part one recap, we're going to be covering the first half of the book from page one through 158 or 157, wherever the first chapter, wherever that chapter starts. We're going to be covering up until then, but I'm going to go ahead and introduce our characters. First up, we have Charlie. As a child of hearing parents, Charlie is a teenager searching for her place in the world when she lands at River Valley School for the Deaf. With a malfunctioning cochlear implant and a limited grasp of ASL, Charlie has been deprived of language most of her life, but she's not going to let that stop her. And then in the little bottom right-hand corner, you have the author, I believe that's Sarah, and she spells the name and then she shows the sign name for her as well. So next we have February. February is the beloved headmistress of River Valley, the hearing child of deaf adults, and the wife of Mel. She's keeping it all together until a spate of bad news throws her world off balance. Next, we have Austin, River Valley's resident heartthrob and the fifth generation of a proudly deaf dynasty, with a little sister on the way, roommates with Elliot, and Charlie's peer mentor. Mel is February's wife, a brilliant lawyer and caring daughter-in-law. Also hearing, Mel reminds February not to lose sight of herself during challenging times. I love Mel, and I love how supportive she is of February, and I just kind of love that because you don't really, we don't really see a lot of main characters that are gay or in the LGBTQ, like, community at all. So I think it's pretty cool that, like, the main character is married to Mel, and I love Mel's character, so yeah. Yeah, and happy Pride Month, it's June. 
Yes. Perfect timing. But the last one, we have the roommates. Austin's roommate, Elliot, his mysterious burn scar and rebellious vibe are the subject of much River Valley gossip. And then we have Kayla, who is Charlie's roommate and her first friend at River Valley. She helps Charlie understand the nuances of deaf culture from vlogging to black ASL. We haven't really gotten to know Kayla that well yet in the first half, so I'm excited to see her a little bit more in the second half. So how the book starts off is, first of all, it is primarily taking place at River Valley School for the Deaf. So as Alexa said, we have February, who is the headmistress. And then we're also following the stories of a few of their students. It starts off with like a flash forward and then it comes back to the beginning of the school year. But in the flash forward, we see that Austin, Elliot and Charlie are either missing or they've run away. Like something's happening. February's freaking out. We don't know what's going on. So that's the big chaos at the beginning of the book. And then it flashes back and then Austin, Elliot and Charlie don't even know each other yet. So we're kind of seeing how they all meet and we're wondering, you know, how did they go from not even knowing each other to running away together? So we'll We're filling in all the gaps in between, but River Valley is a boarding school, so they're all staying there. I love it. It's kind of giving me almost like a Gossip Girl Upper East Side, like they're in New York somewhere in the tri-state area, so it's kind of like a big oak trees, old building, very historical, a little preppy, but not like too too bad, nothing too serious. Yeah, I kind of love like the how it's set up as far as the like the setting and the scenery and everything goes, because I truly feel like we're kind of like learning along with the students, um, which we talked about that a little bit in our last episode about how you took ASL and I tried to take ASL in college, but like couldn't get in because <laughs> um, you like had to be accepted. It wasn't a widely taught class which is just crazy if you didn't listen to the last episode for some reason they accepted me and didn't accept madison i don't understand it's because you're smarter than me i'm telling you no 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 (laughs) it was crazy but it we're um we kind of talked a little bit about it but this is a learning experience for us too i personally don't know that many deaf people so i'm really excited to learn more about the deaf deaf culture so i also love to see that like Austin, Charlie, and Elliot, like, especially Austin and Charlie, they come from such different backgrounds, but then they end up kind of being the rebellious ones, I guess. Yeah. Um. So Austin, you know, comes from like a death dynasty. It's not new in his family. When his little sister is born, she's hearing, and that kind of, like, creates that jealousy in him, I think. His dad is hearing, but his mom is deaf, and the their whole family, it's not that they dislike hearing people, but, you know, I mean, they've been subjected to oppression their entire, like, for generations. So, right. they definitely are very tight, like, they're a tight-knit community. They aren't really open to hearing people, I would venture to say. Um, their dad is the only hearing person in the family and now it's the sister. So he's kind of jealous that his dad and his sister are going to have this bond. Um, his granddad came in and called it the quote unquote easy life. So um, yeah. I think he definitely feels excluded in a way. And then we have Charlie who is born deaf. Her mom is really having a hard time, I guess, like coming to terms with it. Um, she's kind of forced to get the cochlear implant 
when she was born and it's kind of just been a hassle to her her whole life and they she was also encouraged not to learn ASL because for some reason they think that you know if you learn ASL with a cochlear implant then you're more prone to rely on ASL than you would be to give your implant a chance. Yeah, which ends up backfiring because Charlie doesn't like her cochlear implant. It doesn't really work that well for her. It just kind of causes her pain and irritants. And then she gets frustrated because she doesn't have a language and she misses everything in conversation. And so she's just, it kind of backfires on her and her and her mom's relationship because they don't really have one. Right. And like, even though, and she's now going to school and she's like the most underdeveloped in ASL, I would say. Um, So everybody is way more advanced than she is. And she's kind of just starting at a later age. Yeah. And she actually throws a temper tantrum in class, um, which was just so hard to read, you know, like it was, it was very heartbreaking. Um, it talked about how she threw a lot of tantrums while she was in public school, like, you know, hearing school and she couldn't follow what was going on. And then she got to river Valley and she got really triggered in class because she was missing stuff. And it made her feel like she was right back there in hearing school. And she stormed out of the classroom after calling the headmistress a bitch and then started kicking the wall. February handled it beautifully. Like I loved the scene with her and um, Charlie in the office. And they were talking about, why she was feeling that way, like language deprivation. And she was just like, you know, I completely understand why you feel this way. You're not crazy. You just don't have the words to sign how you feel. Yeah. I love the way that February handles like really all of the situations, even when she caught like Austin smoking the cigarette. (laughs) I like that she is the headmistress because she's like a character that I'm really rooting for, even though she isn't one of like the younger students, she still is dealing with her own issues too because um, of her mother being deaf and all of that as well. Yeah, so February's mom is deaf. Her mom went to the same school, uh, River Valley, and then um, she her mom has Alzheimer's. I think it's Alzheimer's or early dementia, one of the two. Um, but she's like starting to lose like memories. She doesn't know where she is and she's living with February and Mel. And then there's actually a scene right near the middle of the book that we just finished where the mom ends up running out of the house in the middle of the night and runs to river Valley. And so the security department has to call February and be like, Hey, your mom's running around naked at the river Valley school. Please come get her. (laughs) It was just heartbreaking to see that. But I think that's also a situation that a lot of us can relate to. Because, like, I remember when my great-grandma started getting early onset Alzheimer's. And, like, you know, it was the same thing. Like, it's a hard situation. But I really I'm, – I'm enjoying reading February's storyline as well. Because we get Mel. We get her mom. We get February's relationship with the superintendent and all the crazy stuff going on about the budget cuts like there's a lot of stuff going on in her world too even though she's not a student at the school we're also getting to see like how being like deaf affects you like at every age um Mm -hmm. because you know we see from her who's kind of grown but she's dealt with it pretty much all of her life so um yeah I kind of like that too that we get to see the age gap but like kind of how similar their struggles still are I think it's showing February is hearing um, and she grew up with deaf parents. And so she's got both worlds. So she's 
it's like a really interesting way to see like you don't have to exclude people because you're deaf you know like it doesn't have to be that way she like her mom is a part of her life every single day even though mel and february are hearing you know she doesn't miss out on conversation she doesn't miss out on anything like it's it's a really good example of what hearing and deaf people can do together if we just could learn you know yeah Okay, I would love to talk about the doctor's visit, the cochlear implant checkup with Charlie, her mom, and then the doctor, because that was so interesting to read. Um, So in the book, Charlie's mom comes, picks her up, takes her to the doctor's office, and for the first time, Charlie asks for an interpreter. And I thought it was so interesting because her mom was like, for what? That, I think, says so much about how her mom doesn't know anything about deaf culture or what it's like to be deaf or the deprivation that she's caused her child. Like she's like so out of touch with it. So the interpreter comes in and Charlie's actually able to be a part of her doctor's visit for the first time. And she's like able to talk about, well, sign to the interpreter. She's able to sign and discuss what is going on with the implant. And she's able to understand what the doctor is saying via the interpreter and it was such an amazing scene. I agree. I really love that too. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And then the doctor, I think, just is the worst. The doctor sucks. No, I totally, yeah, I totally agree. And I think that like shows that they don't really even have help, like help or support from like healthcare either. That was um, actually something we talked about in the ASL classes. My teacher, Tabitha, she would talk or she would tell us about cochlear implants and how a lot of the times they don't work they cause irritation and it's kind of like a cop-out for hearing people because instead of parents being like okay I will learn a language that allows both of us to benefit here they say you just have to adapt to me even though you're not right. going to be able to you know and right. obviously like I don't have one I don't know what that's like and I know that there have been a lot of success stories through cochlear implants so I don't want to make it sound like I'm sitting here hating on something that I don't know about but I do think that it's a world that's just starting to get recognition. You know, I think for such a long time, deaf people weren't even recognized. And now we're kind of working towards this world of more accessibility and more opportunities. And like, we're learning more and all that. So I think it's going to come a long way. But I also think that I don't understand why we're trying to make it a thing where parents don't learn sign language. Like sign language is a good thing. We should be learning sign language. Thank you for coming to my uneducated TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) It has like taught me so much, like so many things that I didn't know. I love, I know that I've said this earlier, but I love how they like give a, like they show us how to sign it ourselves. And like at the bottom, it even says like, you try, like you try with your partner or your, a friend or whoever. And I I just like love that because like I will I actually like catch myself actually like acting them out and trying them yes I actually doggy eared some that I wanted to read let me see okay so the first one was talking about ear versus eye deaf mythology and it was talking about the whole idea it says in the deaf storytelling tradition utopia is called eyeth because it's a society that centers around the eye not the ear like here on earth like talking about replacing ear in earth with eye and it was just talking about um you know a world that centers around visual communication instead of oral and then at the end of it it just asks questions it says 
work with a partner to design what ith means to you what deaf friendly architecture technology or other design elements would you include how would you manage accessibility for a hearing visitor on ith and i just think it's so interesting like you know she really makes you stop in the story and reflect on it and like talk about think about what what we could change you know love that Anyways, if you got the audiobook and you didn't get the physical book, they do still have, um, I don't exactly know. I listened to the beginning of it in the sample, and I know that it gives the sound of like what the motion of the sign language would sound like to a hearing person. But I highly recommend getting the physical copy because it actually shows you how to do the signs, what like what motions to make if you push your hands further away from you or pull them closer during the sign. It's just, it's really informational. And oh my God, the sex signs so that they funny. showed. That was <laughs> hilarious. Oh my God, I died. I died. It was 69 for me. That, that was, was so hilarious. Good. I love that she threw that in there because I mean, yeah, like, that's important shit to know, you know? <laughs> Which, let's back up and talk about why they were showing us the sex uh, ASL stuff. Because Charlie is a little batty, okay? She is. I she was, really is. I was not expecting that at all. So Charlie is a little rebellious lady. She likes to do shots. She likes to go to crazy situations and throw herself. It, it was just, I was so shook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think that is her just really trying to break out of her shell and like do things like I think when she was at that show and she could actually feel the vibrations of the music like that was something that she had never experienced so I think she's kind of like starting to just open herself up to like all of these new things yeah it was really cool and I think she's starting to make small friendships you know like she's starting to meet people at River Valley but she doesn't have like a good friend yet So this was her kind of closing the chapter to who she was before River Valley. She was seeing Kyle slash Slash, or that's his actual name, um, Kyle and Slash, same person. She's like going, seeing him one last time, going to his concert, and now she's done with it. Yeah, so I mean, I'm really liking the character so far. Like I said, I'm really curious to see how like February storyline plays out. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a lighthearted kind of read but at the same time it's really like educational but she keeps it kind of lighthearted, so you don't really feel like you're reading something you know really like depressing or sad she's kind of like keeping it in an upbeat kind of way while discussing important topics yeah very informational I have learned a lot already I really am enjoying it I don't know where it's gonna go like I have no direct I, I do not know what direction this yeah, is going to take I don't really have a lot of theories. I obviously think that her and Charlie are going to, or Charlie and Austin are about to start having their little fling. Yeah, I don't really know where it's about to go. I'm really excited. I'm really rooting for Charlie as well. I mean, obviously I'm rooting for all of them, but especially, you know, Charlie. I don't know. I just think she's kind of had it really tough and I just want to kind of see her come out on the other side of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see more of her personality come out because I think that the more language she has, the more she's going to be able to express herself. So I think that she's about to really blossom. I'm excited to see what kind of friendships she makes. Um, I'm really excited to see how Austin handles having a hearing baby sister. I'm excited to see that. (laughs) But I feel like something crazy is going to happen with like them trying to save the school, which I totally forgot to talk about the schools being threatened to shut down. So 
Yeah, yeah. I think we touched on it a little bit. But yeah, I think that is going to be like the main kind of issue here. So what did you cook this week, Alexis? Okay, so I don't know if you remember this, Madison. But for all of those listening, me and Madison in back in our club rat days used to go ah. to uh, Dublin, which is where my boyfriend Tim would DJ uh, every Thursday. So we would always go yeah. and we would go early and get food. And they had the most amazing shepherd's pie I've ever had in my life. It was so good. I don't know if you ever got it, Madison. <laughs> I never got it, but I do remember you getting it all the time. And you just totally like brought me back to the good times in my life. <laughs> back to the good old days. Oh my God. It was so good. So my recipe this week is a shepherd's pie. It is usually naturally gluten-free, so you don't have to worry about like substituting anything. So it's a really good option for my gluten-free people. You know, it's it, for the non-gluten-free people, it's good too. So I'm going to read off the ingredients real quick. And I did step up my game this week. I do have exact measurements and I do have the directions in order as you should cook them. <laughs> so you're going to have one pound of ground lamb or beef. I use beef because I just can't eat lamb. I just picture baby lambs and I just can't do that. So beef. Uh, one tablespoon of oil, three large carrots. You're going to dice them into like medium sizes. One chopped onion, two, taspoon, two tablespoons of tomato paste, one tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce. I just used a gluten-free Worcestershire. Usually they are gluten-free though, naturally. Two cups of gluten-free beef stock, two medium potatoes peeled and cut into large chunks, two tablespoons of butter, two tablespoons of arrowroot powder. I don't actually know what that is, but two tablespoons of that. And a half of a cup of shredded cheddar cheese and then salt and pepper to taste. You're going to heat your pan, uh, heat the, up the oil in the pan and add in the onions and carrots and saute those for about three to four minutes. Then you're going to add in the ground beef and brown it for, um, I'd say for a couple of minutes, just stirring it, spoon off any of the excess fat if necessary. Add in the tomato paste and Worcestershire sauce, then cook for a few more minutes. Add in the beef stock, bring to a simmer, then cover with the or cover the pan and cook it for about 20 minutes. Then you're going to heat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. After 20 minutes, uncover the pan and continue to cook for 20 more minutes. Add two tablespoons of cornstarch or arrowroot powder. Add two tablespoons of cornstarch to a cup with three tablespoons of cold water and mix well. Remove the pan from the heat and add half of the starch mixture to the meat, stirring to avoid lumps and give it a few minutes to thicken up, and then add the remainder if required. While the meat is cooking, bo is cooking boil the pe peeled potatoes in slightly salted water for 10 to 15 minutes until soft. Don't overcook them and then drain and mash together with the butter. Put the cooked meat mixture into an oven-proof dish. I just use like a big um, Dutch oven. Then top it with the mashed potatoes. You may not need all the potatoes. Just spread it on top with a fork and then add the shredded cheese on top. Place the dish on a baking sheet and bake for 20 to 25 minutes until the top is starting to color. Add the meat gravy or and the meat gravy is starting to leak out around the edges. And then you have a shepherd's pie. It's a little more intense than my usual recipes, I will say, but it is so good. It's worth it. 
I love that. That sounds freaking delicious. Yum. It's overall takes about an hour to cook. Prep time is 15 minutes. So it does take a little bit of time, but it cooks a lot of food so you can have it throughout the week. Yeah. And what are you cooking for us today, Madison? So I'm actually cooking this right now as we record this. So I'm giving a um, dessert recipe. And this is actually like a cookies and cream cupcake recipe or an Oreo cupcake recipe, however you want to. There's a million different names for it. Anyway, so what you need is one box of Devil's Food Cake Mix. One box of instant chocolate pudding, four large eggs, three-fourth cup of oil, three-fourth cup of water, a cup of sour cream, and one and a half cups of crushed Oreo cookies. How I kind of measure mine out is I just get one pack of Oreos and I just put a whole, one of the whole sleeves in to my batter. Um, For the frosting, you will need two cups of unsalted butter but I'm actually using one cup of unsalted butter, um, two cups of powdered sugar, a pack of cream cheese, room temp, a teaspoon of pure vanilla extract, two tablespoons of heavy whipping cream, and then another one and a half cups of crushed Oreos. So again, I just like have one sleeve that I put in my batter, one sleeve that I put in my frosting and then um, the other sleeve I actually line my cupcake liners with. I take my dry ingredients first so my devil food cake and the instant chocolate pudding. Mix your dry ingredients in, add your eggs, your oil, your water, your cup of sour cream in, mix it either with a hand mixer or a stand mixer whatever you have And then you're going to fold in the crushed Oreos. So you're not going to mix those with a mixer, but just kind of lightly fold them in. Um, And then I preheat my oven to 350 degrees, line my cupcake pan with liners, and then I just place one Oreo in the very bottom. Put my batter on top, bake them, let them come out and completely cool. While they're cooling, I make my frosting, which is two sticks of unsalted butter, which are softened, your cream cheese room temp, your vanilla extract, your powdered sugar, um, mix all of that together and then and your heavy whipping cream. And then you're going to kind of fold in your crushed Oreos at the end. Pipe on top and top with the mini Oreos if you can find them. But if not, no topping is good as well. And there you go. Literally like a death by Oreo cupcake. It's all Oreo. (laughs) Yum. That sounds so good. Yeah. So like literally I'm I'm on I'm recording and making these cupcakes at the same time. So we'll see how they turn out. And if I'm gonna regret giving this recipe or not, but we'll see. (laughs) Um so if you're looking for all of the carbs, all of the sweets, all of that stuff, um, you're welcome. There you are. You can have a shepherd's pie and Oreo cupcakes for dinner. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Um recipes will be up on our website at booksbytesboost.com. So not a huge news section today, but I did want to have uh I just wanted to throw this out real quick 
quick. It does say that True Biz is going to be a TV series, which is so exciting. Um, the article does not give any information about like where it's going to be, when it's going to come out. So I don't have anything like that. But it does say that True Biz is going to be a TV show. It says that it's going to feature, let me make sure I get her name right, Millicent Simmons, who's from A Quiet Place. She's going to be in it. So she's yeah. going to star Charlie. It really doesn't say much. It's from hearinglikeme.com. It just says TV series True Biz will star deaf actress Millicent Simmons. And it tells the story of deaf teenager Charlie as she attempts to gain access to spoken language. And that's really all it says, but it is in the works. I'm so excited. I think that's going to be an amazing TV show. Yeah, me too. So whenever we get more information about it, I'll research it while we continue to read. And if anything else comes out, we'll report on it. Yeah. And then we'll be back for our next episode to finish out part two of our discussion. We're going to introduce the next book we're reading, which is Breathless. I'm so excited. Yeah, of course, have new cocktail and dinner recipes as well. So we will see you guys next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. It's been another great one. Bye. Bye. Bye.